As soon as he exited the expressway, as soon as he reached his first red light, he tried to fix it. Loosen, straighten, tighten. Nope, try again. Drive another mile, next red light. Loosen, straighten, tighten. Close, but still askew, no? Drive another half mile. He'd reached downtown Oyster Bay. Sophie's school was to his left. He braked at a red light by the school and gave the knot one last go. Loosen. Straighten. Tighten. Some of his colleagues in social sciences wore ties year-round. How could they breathe? He angled his sob into a subdivision. While questions like why one's skin turned red were well beyond his field of knowledge, the matters of appearances and social perception were very much in his reach and grasp. Although he rarely wore a tie to work, he always wore a long-sleeved, iron-pressed, button-down shirt even in the summer. Neutral colors, nothing flashy or flamboyant. Respect had to be earned, and man was the most superficial of God's beasts. When they first met, Esme would have been happy attending a cocktail party in a t-shirt and jeans. He'd shown her the error of her ways. Butterflies zipped around inside him. Did what was left of his black hair look adequately flat? Were his eyeglasses clear of specks? He shuffled out of his sob and headed to the front door. He adjusted his tie knot one last time and rang the doorbell to his own house. Their teenage sitter greeted him with a mouthful of braces. Hello, Mr. Sturt. You look very nice tonight. Thank you, Chelsea, he replied. He didn't want to come in. That wasn't what he'd planned. Esme would meet him at the door. It would be like a prom date. That's what he'd planned. That's what would have been romantic. He was sure of it. But instead, here was their brace-faced babysitter. Daddy! Sophie rushed from her homework to the doorway and slapped her arms around her father's belly. Well, as much of it as she could circumnavigate. In a snug embrace. Hi, sweetness. He kissed her scalp. She gleamed up at him with blue eyes. For a moment, he forgot about his plans, his tie, Valentine's Day, brace-faced Chelsea, the corsage she'd left in the car, the papers he needed to grade, the chill of the wind, the tilt of the earth's access, everything. Rafe's little girl could induce amnesia, yes, she could. But, ah, uh, only temporarily. Where's Mommy? On cue... Mommy strolled down the stairs. She wore a form-fitting evening dress, red for the occasion. It brought out the freckles on her nose. For the second time in two minutes, Rafe's mind went ecstatically blank. Esme, responding to the awed expression on his face, shyly tucked a loose strand of hair behind an ear. Even after eight years, he still found her beautiful, she took his hand. They bid goodnight to Sophie and her sitter and walked out into the night. They arrived late at the restaurant, but after a minimum of fuss, the cheery maitre d' led them to their table. Il Forno rested on a cliff and overlooked the dark blue Long Island Sound. Esme and Rafe took their seats by the window and stared out through the glass at the undulating waves. Her right wrist sported the green carnation, She'd almost sat on it when she'd opened the car door, 
back in their driveway, but a last-minute warning from Rafe averted disaster. Rafe hurried to her side of the car and placed the corsage on his wife's wrist. Esme grinned. Was anyone more adorable than her husband? She kissed him full on the lips and whispered into his ear, Thank you. Their tuxedoed waiter introduced himself, but needn't have, as he was one of Rafe's meme seminar students. Great to see you, Professor, Nate said. I didn't know you came here. Rafe maintained his friendly smile. Had he known any of his students would be here, no, he wouldn't have come. If romance couldn't be a private affair, it at least could and should be shielded from his college girls and boys. While students were often cavalier in class about their personal...